0: I missed you. Did you miss me? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Playmate Pickup. And I'm giddy today because I get to interview Renee Olstead, who spent 10 years on television series, signed to a major label, put out two albums produced by David Foster, and now I'm sitting down with her to talk about the next chapter as an OnlyFans performer juggling two top 1% accounts while getting her master's in psychology. Renee, my favorite redhead, what's it feel like to be you right now?
1: Uh, It feels pretty good. I mean, 2020 was a pretty crazy year, but uh, 2021 is off to a pretty good start so far. So I'm optimistic.
0: You're a real life redhead. Did you know that the Oxford Hair Foundation reported in 2005 that redheads could disappear as early as 2060? We should be discussing this.
1: Well, I think what makes redheads happen is a mutation in the MC1R gene, if I remember correctly. I read that a very long time ago, so please don't quote me, but... um... But there's, there's plenty of other ways to be beautiful and,
0: and boxed hair dye will always be around. <laughs> yes. I know we have some stuff in common. I'm working on my master's in marriage family therapy and you're currently working on your master's in clinical psychology while running a successful OnlyFans account. How's that dynamic working for you? It keeps me busy.
1: Uh, I, I will say that um, I... I feel like I'm very dichotomous by nature. So uh, maybe it's the Gemini in me. Um, we get a bad rap, but it's not true. I, uh, I really enjoy being uh, sort of in the academic world and reading. And I also like love talking to my fans and getting to know them. But I feel like there's, there's some overlap there. Uh, if I were a Venn diagram, I like talking to people. So I guess I'm going into the right field
0: it's it's kind of like having the best of both worlds in a way. I think a lot of people especially that that try to make themselves appear very conservative, they kind of marry the girl from church and they try to have this extremely conservative life and then they feel like they're denying kind of a part of themselves that wants to be wild and crazy and and do things that are a little bit more adventurous and I think we're kind of given the ability to to nurture both sides of ourselves.
1: Yeah, I think that sexuality is like over pathologized uh, and I definitely come from a sex positive perspective. So I feel like especially with the population that I'll be working with, uh, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, I've always sort of been, um, yeah, just very sex positive. Don't hurt anyone. uh, Do things responsibly. As long as you're sort of uh, following your own pleasure and having a good time and living authentically, I think sex is a really great thing.
0: It's a wonderful thing. I'm finding that it blows people's minds when you go in two opposing directions at the same time, because I think society has decided you can either be taken seriously or be scantily clad in photos. When you do both, I often get a bit of does not compute, and then people attempt to push you in one way or another to conform to societal norms. Has this been your experience at all? No, I think that's a
1: perspective that a lot of people hold, but... um it's not one that personally resonates with me and school is also very expensive. So OnlyFans is definitely financing my master's and I'm hoping to do doctoral studies down the road. So um, I'm gonna need some school money for a while, I guess.
0: God, yes. And it's pandemic proof too. You can do it from your house.
1: Yeah. I think that people are are really starved for connection right now. Um, We've been putting our, our social lives on hold. And um, it's, it's been really cool to connect with my followers. I mean, I have some very real conversations with um, a lot of the people in my DMs. We, we talk about family, we talk about, you know, grief and loss and what's going on with all the uncertainty in the world right now. Um, It's, it's been a really fun place for me. And I think that um, I'm also kind of being of service to people who just like, You know, want to have some human connection.
0: Yes. I know I felt some loneliness this past year and I feel very grateful to have such wonderful fans that really helped me get through it. You always hear people say they want to make it in Hollywood, which is such a complex phrase to me because make it is relative. I mean, when I came to California, I simply wanted to work in the entertainment business and just be able to make a living doing it. And I was successful at that, so in my eyes, I made it, checked it off my list, and then I started to transition. And you were a well-known child actor with an impressive resume and then a famous singer. What motivated you to want to transition and what's that been like for you?
1: Uh, To start off, to address your making it in Hollywood uh, comment, I, I think that the goalpost always sort of moves. Um, I think that if you, um, you start off with one goal and once you achieve it, you get there and suddenly, well, you are on a series, but you're not, you know, the star or you're, you are the star, but it's, uh, it's not on a network, um, or you're, there's just always something that you're chasing. I feel like if you're in the business because you've, you find fulfillment in your art, uh, I feel like you've got the best chance for happiness Um, And I think that that's, that's so important. Um, It's not just following your dreams, but um, figuring out a way to do something that makes you um, feel good every day and feel like you're contributing and uh, something that pushes you. I, I definitely wanted to move into this field um, from entertainment because I felt like dying in horror movies. I wasn't going to like leave my mark on the world. And I feel like working with like the female identifying population, uh, specifically around sexuality, which is you know my, my greatest interest within the field. Um, I think I can like really help people enjoy themselves, um, like learn to love themselves and uh, experience life more fully. And that to me, I feel like is the sort of legacy I wanna leave behind. Uh, there's other components as well. Like my, um, my specialization for my master's is in spirituality and depth psychology, some of like the alternative therapies. Uh, which I feel like goes kind of hand in hand because um, sexuality doesn't necessarily fit in a box, and as I mentioned before, I think it's over pathologized. So I think finding ways to live authentically and um, you know to work through some of like the bullshit that the world uh, puts on our plates uh, is a I don't know like a, a really cool way to uh, to spend this next chapter of my
0: career. Yeah, I think people are so eager to define things and put things into boxes, what is your long-term goal?
1: Well, let me try not to sound too nerdy. Um, Initially, I probably will go into private practice. As you know, California has really high licensure standards, but eventually I would love to move into writing and creating something that's like more accessible to a wider audience. So that may mean creating an app, writing a book, creating an app that goes with the book. Uh, I'm trying to stay open right now because I feel like I'm just beginning my journey um, as I get into practicum. But um, yeah, I think there's a a lot to look forward to and uh, I'm trying to stay flexible on the details.
0: What are you excited about?
1: What am I excited about? I have a lot to be excited about right now. Um, I get excited about shoots. Uh, I get excited about new classes, Um, I have a bunch of classes this next quarter that I'm really looking forward to, um, especially as I sort of um, pass the uh, the point in my master's where I'm taking a lot of like law and ethics courses, uh, which I think I told you is basically just don't sleep with clients for like ten weeks. <laughs> I'm learning a lot, and I get excited about um, things that sort of resonate with me, and I'll do like a deep dive and a lot of. Um, supplemental reading but uh I'm excited for school I'm excited for creating content and and shooting for my OnlyFans page um I'm excited for 2021 and the vaccine and for the world to reopen again I would love to do some traveling so yeah I've got a lot of a lot to look forward to right now
0: I've discovered that masturbation successfully increases the length and quality of my study time. It just gets my blood flow going again from sitting down all that time. And it's been kind of, at this point, it's like my lucky pair of underwear. So if I have a test, I have to do it before I take the test. It's like, I'm convinced that's the only way to get an A. (laughs) Well, see, I get a little loopy afterwards. So I'm not sure if that's a good strategy (laughs) for me. I was so excited about it. I thought maybe this works for everybody. See, but you're confirming it's definitely not everybody. Yeah, I've been a little loopy, and I want to take a nap. <laughs> nap in a sandwich.
1: Oh, the sandwich! Now that now the fantasy is complete.
0: <laughs> Tell me a dating disaster story. Okay, so I once took
1: one for the team uh, with a girlfriend because she wanted to go on a date with this guy, and it was going to be a double date, and she needed someone to go with her. So I I went with this dude and uh and her and her date and we all went out to like a dance club and um the guy who i was supposed to be the date for not my not my thing not my type uh, we weren't really vibing uh well i wasn't really vibing with him he seemed you know like down um he got really really drunk and at, at a certain point we were on the dance floor he spilled his drink all over my dress like my shoulder
0: what kind of drink
1: Oh, God. I don't know. Maybe like (laughs) vodka, something. I don't know. I just remember it it was was wine. Ah, Oh, no, no, no. It was was something like clearish or clear adjacent. So I'm on the dance floor. I'm watching my friend with her date. They're both facing me uh, while this is happening. They're dancing together, but they're laughing hysterically. And they were laughing with me, maybe also a little bit at me, but mostly with me. (laughs) This man proceeds to grab the shoulder of my dress and suck his drink out of the fabric. So that is the worst date I was ever on and my friend and I laughed hysterically about it. I mean, drinks are expensive in LA. Maybe he just wanted yeah. his
0: Yeah, he just wanted his money's worth. Oh my goodness. It must have been a really good drink. I saw a profile pic today of a man he, and he had his arm around what who I'm assuming is his ex-girlfriend and he scribbled out her face and then wrote you pointing there with a question mark and I thought what in God's name made him think that was the good idea to use this as a profile picture
1: yeah I think that's that's pretty common actually like it's um the scribbled out X's, the fish photo um I- <laughs> And what else? Uh, co- cosplay surprisingly more popular with, with men than I, I thought. I mean, like, and, you know, like, if that's your thing, lead with it. I think that's great. That, like, a lot of guys don't have someone to, like, take photos of them all the time or it isn't necessarily as acceptable, like, within, like, a group of male friends to be like, yo, dude, I, I feel really hot today. Like, this is, <laughs> you take a photo of me so I can put it on my profile so I can, like, right. you know, meet a girl. Um, But yeah, because of that, a lot of times they end up with photos that are sort of like you're holding a fish because like your friend takes the photo to show the fish, but you're in it. Um, I like
0: to tell them to just do a little setup, like set, set the camera up and pretend they're laughing at something off camera or something. They're just hanging out with friends or something because there's a lot of like super close up scary looking profile pictures the profile picture is so important most of the apps are like Tinder and you're just swiping 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 if that profile doesn't get your attention right away then it's next
1: lighting gentlemen lighting is so important be in a well lit room be outdoors even like it 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 can be a selfie it doesn't even have to be like yeah you know something you put a ton of work into but make sure we can like see you cuz the the light really it makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, and I think what you're thinking about is really important because if you're just taking the picture thinking, oh God, I really hope she likes me in this picture. What if I do this? What about that? I think that comes across in your photo, but if you just have some stand-up comedy playing in the background or something, just to get your mind off of the picture, especially if taking pictures is something that's really uncomfortable for you. I mean, we, we take a lot of pictures, but even us, people always say things like, oh, you're so photogenic. I'm like, well, you didn't see the 920 images that I deleted before this one.
1: I, I get that a lot too. And it's like, well, you should see some of my red carpet photos from when I first started working. I, I learned, you know, that I have a good side. I, I sort of learned. Um, yeah. Just it's a, you learn by making mistakes. So okay. take a few photos, you can always delete them. You know, it's, it's not like uh, kind of like when I grew up where you had to get film developed, you know, just uh, try a couple different things and, and yeah. see if it feels natural and feel fill out what is a good representation of you. And um, hopefully that will um, come across to the kind of girl you're looking for
0: or a guy. For me, I made endless mistakes in my love life and it was my desire to get to the bottom of these issues that fueled my desire for knowledge because I wanted to prevent others from making the same mistakes I made. What mistakes did you make that you'd like to prevent others from making?
1: Well, when it comes to mistakes that I've made that I would like to prevent other people from making, I would say um, not necessarily putting myself first for a long time. Um, I think that, and there's a great book called Pussy um, that has a really strong argument for this. She talks about how like as children, women are sort of taught that you know, these are your knees and your toes and your elbows, but boys are told that they also have a penis and a belly button and, and a neck. And, you know, with girls, we end up with a lot of euphemisms. We end up with this, um, this place that we can't talk about. Um, the, like the pee-pee, you don't touch it, don't look at it, or your hoo-ha, whatever euphemism like you grew up with. But it sort of begins this, um, this cycle of belief that there's something inherently wrong with you. Uh, and she sort of cited that as, as the source that she believes is, you know, to blame for it. But um, it's obviously like uh, reinforced as we have experiences, um, you know, getting older. But yeah, I think we're sort of taught that we have to deny our own needs to be good people, like as like cisgender females. Like I, I've done a lot of learning on this and I feel like I've not only been happier, uh, when I changed my perspective on this, but I also had a lot more to give. So I feel like you know i'm I'm focusing on, you know, a career path that I'm really interested in and like my scholastic studies, and i'm I'm doing stuff that makes me really happy. and then by extension, i I'm gonna be able to help a lot of people as well. So um, I think that prioritizing, um, the things that are important to me um, is a lesson that I' I've, I've definitely learned.
0: Yeah, I think society shoots itself in the foot here because we're very we pretend to be very sexually repressed and we make um, like breastfeeding in public is, is they're going back and forth about is it allowed? Is it not allowed? And I think it makes people lash out more so than in cultures like in Germany. I always remember seeing this runway show in Germany. And the girl's breast fell out while she was walking on the runway. And I don't know if she noticed, but she kept walking. She left. But nobody in the audience said anything because sometimes a boob falls out. It just happens sometimes. And it just was not. Some, the kids were there. Nobody said anything. And if it had happened here, like it did with Janet Jackson, it's lawsuits. And, oh, my God, my kids are traumatized. And it's very strange. It is very strange. And
1: I've always... Um, I haven't been able to reconcile why, why violence on television, you know, like graphic violence is acceptable, but like part of the human anatomy when it's, especially when it's non-sexual, how that can be considered to be so bad. So I'm obviously a sex positive person, but uh, just even for someone who's more moderate on those things, I've, I've always had difficulty understanding uh, that, that way of thought. And I also, I think that the, the more that we try to repress people, the, the, the quote-unquote dirtier it, it seems because when it's yes. when it's and acceptable and and healthy it doesn't necessarily have that taboo I think sometimes people um actually enjoy that and enjoy sort of putting it into that space and sort of demonizing it because then it's more exciting but um I prefer to just kind of I don't know have a, a healthy relationship with my sexuality and um and you know do things that I want to do with consenting people who are happy to be there as well.
0: (laughs) I know it has the opposite effect on me because I kind of have that teenage brain. So if you tell me, don't do that, it's really bad. It's bad, bad, bad. Don't do that. I'm like, I'm going to really want to do that. That sounds really good. It's just, it's just the way my brain works. I'm sure a lot of people are the same exact way.
1: Totally. And I think that that's, that's why some people, you know, are, so hesitant to let go of it fully because it it does make things more exciting when it's it's something
0: bad um right which is if they just realized it has the opposite effect maybe we could just make it a more empowering beautiful situation and because sex is fantastic i mean i like to preach about sexual empowerment but i believe strongly that sexual empowerment is different based on the person for one person it could simply mean being able to communicate during sex and for another person it might be joining the swinging community What are your thoughts on sex?
1: I see. I I think that, I mean, when they talk about like sort of the Kinsey scale, we all exist like on a spectrum. I think that this obviously exists for sexuality as well. Um, There are people that can get, you know, a, a ton of pleasure out of, you know, things that other people may think are boring, but they may end up enjoying those moments even more so than somebody who's living this, you know, crazy, you know, exciting sex life. I think that finding what works for you is, um, the most important part of sexuality and no two sexualities are exactly alike, uh, which is why communication is also important because you may align with your partner on a lot of things, but there may be other things that are sort of a yes, no, maybe situation where you feel out sort of how they feel about things. Um, but I, I think that, um, I don't know. For me, there's always been sort of like a slightly spiritual connection with sexuality. And I'm looking to explore that more in my studies because I would like to strengthen that. But um, I, I don't know. I think it looks different for everybody. And, uh, you know, some people enjoy the taboos and other people, you know, just want to have sort of an open spiritual, sexual connection with one partner, multiple partners. Like, I think that, yeah, the beauty is how we express ourselves and, and the diversity of what that looks like.
0: I think it's nice to do a yes, no, maybe list with new partners to things that you really want to do, things that you would never do and things that you might be open to. I think it really helps because I know six months down the line, there's so many people that are like, I don't know if she's into this. And I kind of want to have a threesome. And I didn't let her know that I'm not really happy being monogamous. And I'm like, oh, all these things, they should have been discussed way at the beginning. And it could have been a fun, exciting conversation. It's funny how uncomfortable people are discussing sex, even with someone they're having sex with.
1: I think sometimes that can be the most difficult, honestly. Like, I think it's a lot easier to talk to, you know, a girlfriend or, you know, speaking sort of to the female experience. Like, I think sometimes um, I've heard people say like, oh, like, I don't want to tell him that that doesn't work for me because I don't want to hurt his feelings. And we've been doing it this way for so long that he's going to feel guilty or, It might influence whether or not we have sex at all or like performance anxiety that he feels. I think just having that open dialogue is so important because then things don't have a chance to build up and become like these crazy elephants in the room that you have to deal with. Uh, But I think ultimately, if you have, you know, a strong connection with somebody, being able to talk to them in a way that um, expresses what your needs are while also sort of you know, honoring their experience and, you know, where they're at, what they can change, what they can't change and what feels good for them. So um, yeah, there's, there's a wealth of like knowledge out there too, on the internet. It's, it's so fun to look together and learn together and try new things. Um, But yeah, it's a, it's, a fun
0: conversation.
1: There's so much we could talk
0: about. Yeah, And I mean, that's the trick I think is just always having new conversations and doing new things together. We get stuck in routines so quick and then it gets stale and boring, comfortable, but we also need that element of uncertainty and excitement. And it was so easy to access that, especially now when everything is online, you can take a Mm -hmm. sexy online course together, go to one of those sexy chat rooms, I mean, the world I, even
1: with OnlyFans, like for, for people who, you know, would never feel comfortable like having like something that's out there, maybe make like a private profile that only your your partner has access to where you post stuff and message them sexy things sometimes. Like there's so many different fun ways to be creative with sexuality. And I feel like whenever I come up with something good, I always put it in my notes. <laughs> I'm like, I want to do this
0: later. I love it. That's like, a, I call it a fuck it list. All the sexual things you want to do in your life. I love it. I think everyone should have one. I might need a more PG-13 name for it though. Where can we find
1: you? So
0: I'm on most social
1: media platforms. Um, I don't know for how long because I feel like a lot of people with OnlyFans accounts are getting kicked off platforms right now. And that's a whole other conversation. Uh, But on Instagram, uh, I am X-O-R-E-N-E-E. And that is also the same uh, handle that I use on OnlyFans, which is X-O-R-E-N-E-E. And then um, my premium account is XO Renee o. Uh So basically my last initial at the end. And that gives people just a little more access, some exclusives. They can talk to me for free. Um, I'm on there a lot. And uh, I just started doing uh, customs too for some of my VIPs. Ooh. So that's been
0: a lot of fun. You heard the lady. Head on over and check her out. Do it for the redheads. Keep us in school. <laughs> well, that's been a purr. Perfect episode of Playmate Pickup. I'm in school full time right now, so I'm not coming out with podcasts as often as I'd like. I plan on taking four classes in summer, and with full time mommying and working from home, it's going to be chaotic. You can currently contribute to my journey on patron.com slash Erica Jordan. You can get one-on-one sessions, NLP, virtual wing woman, and more on my site, playmatepickup.com. Head on over and upgrade your love life until we meet again.